Hello, listeners. This is Phoebe and Hank. And we thank you for joining us for our special Halloween story. Story. This is another special that we've created that is not about Power Dog. Who's it about? It's about two raccoons. Yeah, Annalise and Lisa Ann. Oh, dog type raccoons. Dog raccoons, yeah. Raccoon dogs. They do live in Dogland. They're yes. on Dogland. Yes, they live on Dogland on question mark mountain, since that's pretty confusing for other people if they say the mountain mm-hmm. at the end. Well, at any rate, we hope you enjoy the story, and we hope that you all have wonderful winter holidays. Halloween Candy Bandits. Annalise and Lisa Ann were twin sisters in a small, humble raccoon dog family. They lived in a den on the side of Question Mark Mountain, and the mountain looked upon the beautiful blue starlit forest. Their father was a woodcrafter who worked with starlit forest wood cut down by the beaver dogs, and their mother made fine laces from the starlit forest moss, which they carried to the market in town to sell. They lived a very simple, lovely life with fresh-baked bread and hearty mushroom broth to eat most days. Lisa Ann and Annalise were happy little kits and never thought of their simple life as one that lacked any happiness. Their parents taught them to read and write at home and the kids studied their lessons diligently. Annalise enjoyed working with her paws, making clever little toy boats from bits of cedar wood. And when she had fitted them with sails, you could not tell them from any that had come out of the best toy shops in all of Dogland. She made spoons and cups and bowls for the kitchen, and she made lovely instruments from blue starlit forest wood for her sister, who clapped her paws excitedly every time. And because Lisa Ann loved to create little puppet theater shows for her family, Annalise carved dollies and puppets out of turnips so beautifully that one would think that they were truly lovely living creatures upon first glance. So green were the eyes of a turnip merpup and so pink her cheeks that you might expect her to speak or bark. Her hair was hot pink and purple corn silk, which cascaded like waves, and her robe of young cabbage leaves was so green and beautiful. Then, as often as one turnip dolly faded and began to shrivel, Annalise made another, which Lisa Ann declared was always more beautiful and clever than the one before. And Lisa Ann, when she wasn't nose-deep in a book, 
was regaling her family with fantastical tales and lovely songs and dramatic plays. Now, it happened one night before Halloween that Annalise sat carving pumpkins to sell in the village market. Lisa Ann, who was rocking her newest purple turnip dolly to sleep, sat reading a book that their mother had brought from the library in the village. Living so far from town, they knew little more than carving jack-o'-lanterns when it came to the type of fun you can have with Halloween. So they'd asked for a book on the subject, and they both beamed with wonder to hear more about the jack-o'-lanterns, real cats, dragons, and magic in the moonlight. Lisa Ann read a passage about kits and pups dressing up like monsters and skellies and ghosts and cats and bats and dragons and frolicking, which is another word for partying, in the village streets. And when she turned to the last page of the book to find a poem printed in golden ink, she cried out, Annalise, listen to this. Annalise set down her carving knife and listened with rapt attention as Lisa Ann ran her paw up and down the particularly lovely gilded page and read, On the last night of October comes the mystic Halloween, the night when cats and dragons by all of us can be seen. And merry dogs and friends fortunes tell, and tricks on others play, and puppies and kits bob for apples. On Halloween, hooray! Bob for apples? asked Annalise. She loved apples, and this sounded like great fun. Lisa Ann nodded and continued. Jack-o'-lanterns are glimmering round. All sorts of strange sights may be seen. There are cats and dragons about, for this is the mystic Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, is the night when magic's seen. Halloween, Halloween, is the night when magic's seen. Her eyes were shining as she closed the book and held it close to her chest. Ah, that part sounded like a new song. It was then that Lisa Ann made up her mind that she wanted to frolic like the village pups. How fine it must be, she cried, clapping her little raccoon paws together again and again. Annalise carved the teeth in the last jack-o'-lantern. Halloween sounds very fine indeed. We've had so much fun just seeing the decorations, the candles glowing along the road. But to hear of candy and apples and games and tricks, wow, just wow. Annalise finished the jack-o'-lantern and piled it with the rest. She hoped to sell them all at the market in the village the next day. Candy? Mischief? asked Lisa Ann. Her face lit up with excitement. Annalise. Do you think that we could stay late in the village for the frolic? And there is still one lovely pumpkin in your garden for a jack-o'-lantern. Do you think it could be ours? Oh, what a time we could have. Lisa Ann, exclaimed Annalise in astonishment. If we stayed in town until night, how should we find our way home through the forest? Oh, come on. You know the way through the forest, Annalise, insisted Lisa Ann. Please, she begged. We have never been to a Halloween frolic. Now, Lisa Ann, I wish we could frolic in the village tomorrow night, answered Annalise. 
but there's just no way that we could find our way home through the forest after dark, and we would both be certainly lost. Maybe we can go together with Mama and Papa next year. Lisa Ann began to quietly sob. <laughs> Annalise felt bad for her sister and even for herself as she had a strong desire for a nice, crisp, juicy apple now. The next day, the twins rose with the sun, and Lisa Ann was in better spirits. She helped Annalise gather the jack-o'-lanterns for the market. Lisa Ann sat quietly and read the book about Halloween, while Annalise carved the last and finest pumpkin from the garden. When the jack-o'-lantern was finished, Annalise lit a match for just one second so that she might see it grinning with light. Lisa Ann clapped her furry little raccoon paws. He looks like he's smiling at us. <laughs> so he does, chuckled Annalise. Let's call him Jack. Girls, it's going to be a lovely Halloween, called their mother from the porch. Come to breakfast, and I will tell you about the dragon and bat-shaped clouds I saw this morning. Surely a sign of good luck. After breakfast, the girls were off to town hauling their especially heavy load of jack-o'-lanterns, which would be a huge hit at the market. They had agreed that Jack would stay with them, and they would buy a special candle in town so that he could be lit all night when they got home. They were in marvelous spirits, and Lisa Ann began to hum and then to sing part of the new song from the back of the book. Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene. The girls came to a bend at the edge of the forest and sat down to rest a bit and have some water. As they settled into a little patch of blue grass, they heard a curious sound, a humming of sorts. Did you hear that? asked Lisa Ann who was prone to imagining melodies and tones and sounds. Annalise puzzled and looked around and nodded yes. Then, to their amazement, a tiny creature with the same silver and black body and ring-tailed markings as the girls, but an entirely different body shape, strode out into the road. The creature looked right at them calmly and said, I heard you singing my favorite song. Oh, my, exclaimed Lisa Ann. Are you, are you a cat? The striped individual nodded and smiled. Actually, I'm a kitten, and that is a young cat, like you are young pups. The twins smiled nervously as they had never seen a real cat and were unsure what to do. But then Annalise said, Oh, wow, we are so pleased to meet you. And also, we are raccoon-type dogs so our parents actually call us kits. Huh, mused the kitten. That sounds an awful lot like kitten, and we seem to also look alike, so perhaps we are distant cousins somehow. Oh, I would like that so much, said Lisa Ann. She didn't want to tell them that she'd read that cats weren't real, and she definitely wanted a magical cousin to play with. Annalise was feeling much the same way and asked, where are you going, kitten? The kitten smiled and said, Morty's my name, and having a bit of Halloween mischief is my game. 
Care to join me for a caper in the village? Both of the kits clasped their paws and asked in unison, Caper? And Annalise added, My name is Annalise, and this is Lisa Ann, and we were already headed to town to sell these jack-o'-lanterns. Morty nodded and walked around the cart, looking at the jack-o'-lanterns, as if he were solving a puzzle or perhaps hatching a plan. Hmm, do you have to sell these jack-o'-lanterns, he asked. Can we give them away as, like, surprise treats to the town dogs while we have a bit of holiday mischief? Because they have a saying in town. It goes, trick or treat, smell my feet, and give me something good to eat. So if we give them treats, then we can trade tricks, and we can get something good to eat. Hmm, puzzled Annalise. This logic wasn't quite tracking, but Lisa Ann looked so thrilled and delighted, and they all three decided it was too much of an adventure to pass on. Okay, yes, let's make them into surprises. The only thing for us is that we must be home for dinner and before it's dark out so that we don't become lost in the forest. Morty nodded, and off the three of them went to town. As they walked, he told them tales of Halloween frolics and various hilarious, harmless pranks to be pulled. And he'd also read that song in the back of the book and had been humming it to nearly an identical tune as Lisa Ann, and they felt very bonded over it and decided they would consider each other cousins, regardless of whether there was any truth to the notion. As they came near to the edge of town, they were all three happily singing... Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene. Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene. And they even added, trick or treat, smell my feet and give me something good to eat. Then, as they approached the back of the house, Morty held a paw bean up to his mouth to hush them. The kit stopped. And he whispered, Now is the time to be as quiet as night and stay in the shadows. The girls were thrilled and nodded in agreement. They saw candied apples on a window ledge, and Annalise wiped a tiny bit of drool from the edge of her mouth. This was already a delicious plan. They placed a jack-o'-lantern at the door of the house, quietly nabbed the candied apples with their nimble paws, and rolled into a shady glen. Morty purred and shimmied as the girls ate the apples with glee. He chewed on a bit of caramel from one of the apples and explained that although he loved it for its milky taste, he couldn't even taste the sweetness that dogs and raccoon dogs were excited about. He was hoping to find a bit of something salty or meaty during their caper. He was also eager to pull a few silly pranks while so many dogs were out and about and away from home. At one house, Morty snuck inside, found some bubble wrap from a Amazon box, and slid it under the front doormat. Oh, they'll jump out of their fur when they walk on it and all the popping surprises them. He wanted to wait around and watch his prank unfold, but he also wanted to cover more territory and do more hijinks. In another house, they unspooled the toilet paper, wrote silly words and nonsense on it, and then rolled it back up. And in another house... Morty rearranged the utensils in a kitchen cabinet, which Annalise thought might be going too far, 
but Morty certainly did seem to know all of the customs of this mischievous holiday. And so the three of them had quite a time, sneaking in and out of the shadows, leaving jack-o'-lanterns and stealing candy and fruit and treats. Morty had found a salt and umami and caramel popcorn ball during one very daring heist in which he boldly snuck right inside of a house by leaping through a window and stole the ball right off the kitchen counter. They were in and out so fast that they never heard the pups and dogs discover the missing treats. When they finally got down to the last pumpkin in the cart, Lisa Ann cried out, No! Not Jack! Morty, confused, just shrugged and said, That's all right. I've had my fun. And I don't know if you notice, but the sun is nearly setting and you'd better be off to your dinner. Oh no, cried Annalise, who had had so much fun nabbing apples and going from house to house that she'd never noticed the time. Lisa Ann looked up to the sky and opened her mouth to speak, but then her jaw just dropped as she saw two clouds drift by swiftly as if they were flapping great wings and they seemed to be in the perfect shape of a bat and a dragon. Then they heard, Stop! Thieves! Stop, you bandits! You candy bandits! They heard voices from down the road yell, Oh no! cried Morty. Come quick! And before they could think further, the girls dove into a dark, shadowy blue starlit forest thicket right after Morty, who leaped with such grace that he seemed to almost fly through the air. They could hear the dogs yelling from the road. Stop, you, you there, you bandits, bring back our treats. They heard one dog ask, did any dog see who it was? And another said, I saw a little ring tail of black and silver slip out below my back porch. And yet another dog said, they were wearing masks, face masks, and possibly costumes too. The kits and the kittens stayed hidden and puzzled over this, as it was only their markings that made them look to have masks on. But then Lisa Ann became very sad suddenly and whispered softly, They did not like our tricks one bit. They are so upset. And Annalise looked about, only to realize that the cart with Jack in it had been left behind. Surely the town dogs will recognize her carvings, and if they do not like their jack-o'-lanterns, then they will come tell Mama and Papa, and she started to feel so mournful for the trouble they had caused. And to make matters worse, her tummy felt a little queasy from eating too many sweets and treats. They heard the town dogs find the cart, and they heard them say, Welp, who knows who really left this here as it's empty. We cannot give up looking for this ring-tailed gang of bandits. Lisa Ann looked into Annalise's also tearful eyes and mouthed the words, Where's Jack? And then Morty started tapping her on the shoulder and pointing deeper into the forest. What? whispered Annalise. But then she saw the strangest thing. It was Jack, the pumpkin. The pumpkin was rolling along in the forest and going quite fast. <gasps> My pumpkin! She picked up the chase. Oh, it'll have to stop rolling at the head, she thought. The pumpkin rolled along and just in front of her, but always just out of her reach. And Lisa Ann and Morty came bounding after. When the pumpkin reached the hedge, it somehow gave a great leap and landed on the other side. It was so dark this far into the forest that they could barely see it. 
Annalise couldn't believe her ears when next she heard someone yell, Come on, turnips! Come on, carrots! Annalise, mouth wide open, blinked and rubbed her eyes, which she thought must be playing tricks. Was she dreaming? Did her jack-o'-lantern just yell? She leapt over the hedge to follow, and just in time to see the pumpkin turning handsprings as they rolled along, and a whole crowd of vegetables did cartwheels as they went careening after. They looked like a dozen market stalls upset on a hillside. Follow me, follow me, trick or treat, smell my feet, smell my feet, trick or treat, sang Pumpkin Jack as he led the way to a tiny little door made of tree roots that opened beneath the starlit forest floor. Turnips and carrots squeezed through, and Annalise, fearing to be left behind, grabbed Lisa Ann's paw, who grabbed Morty's paw, and they all ran faster. Just as they reached the little door, a rough potato tried to slam in their faces. But the ringtail gang was too quick for that. They ran through and climbed down the hole and found themselves in a great underground forest. There, they continued the chase, but the ground here was springy and elastic and even a little spongy. And with each step, they began to gain on the vegetables. I've got you, declared Annalise. And as she spoke, the potato stubbed their toe, and Annalise caught them with her nimble paws. She held on tight, although they squirmed and tried their very best to get free. Help, help, bawled the potato. Oh, pumpkin, wait for me, they cried. The tears streamed from every one of their potato eyes, and they looked truly sad. At their cries, the pumpkin turned around. Ah, come on now, Annalise, began Pumpkin Jack in a persuasive voice. You're in no position to scold anyone else for naughty behavior in the name of a little... Halloween fun and mischief. Drop my potato friend and I will make it worth all of your while. Somewhere on his run, Pumpkin Jack had picked up two twigs and on these he now balanced himself rather unsteadily and thrust his leaves in the place where his pockets would have been if he had had pockets. He looked so very jolly and his grin was so broad and Annalise was so embarrassed that she just dropped the potato. Wait, wait, wait. We, we didn't know the town dogs would be so upset, piped Lisa Ann. And Morty added a, yeah. Pumpkin Jack just shrugged and grinned and asked, wouldn't you rather come with us to our Halloween frolic than worry about all that? But Jack, replied Annalise, what of the dogs of the village that have first been robbed of their treats and by the looks of it, their veggies as well? What of their plans to frolic? Ah, there now, you can see we mean no harm, declared Pumpkin Jack. And you meant no harm, so come join us. We can right all of our wrongs afterwards. Annalise looked at Lisa Ann and Morty, and all three looked back at the tiny door they'd squeezed through to be here now. We might as well just have a peek, said Morty, who was certainly proving to have a great love of mischief. Oh, I just don't know, Annalise, said Lisa Ann. I mean, you did say we'd only get lost in the forest, and Jack is our pumpkin, and he is promising to help out later. All three nodded, and all three were still dangerously curious sorts. 
So peace was made, and they followed the bobbing turnips and onions as Pumpkin Jack led the way. Presently, tiny jet black bats with shining golden eyes fluttered and flittered lightly from behind the trees, and each bat was soon joined by an actual, real dragon. They do not seem to be scary dragons, do they, Annalise? whispered Lisa Ann as she slid her paw into her sister's grip. But as she reached for Morty's paw, too, she saw that he had puffed up like a balloon with his fur in an unnatural state of extreme fluff. What's, uh, what's, what's going on with you, Morty? asked Lisa Ann as he stuttered. Dragons, those are dragons. They eat cats for fun, they do. Oh my, we do nothing of the sort, replied a dragon who overheard. The dragon reached behind their wing into a little golden satchel and handed Lisa Anna candy. Its wrapper was black and silver striped. Don't eat that, cried a still distraught and puffed out Morty. It could be a wicked trick. Oh nonsense, pish posh, said the dragon. We dragons are not scary and wicked on Halloween. It's just that a good bit of mischief is in our nature, too. I would never eat a cat. We dragons are actually vegetarians, don't you know? The kits and kitten just stared. Even Morty couldn't tell if his fur would ever smooth back down. Now listen, it is seldom dragons give candies, as we are more likely to dole out some tricks. And when we do, the candy should be treasured. Here is one for each of you to keep in your pocket. And if you never eat them too fast and always keep the wrapper, then you will never be without a candy whenever you want one. The kits bowed pleasantly and all three tucked away their candy. Thank Thank you, you, they all three said in unison. Dragon? And I'm sorry I do not know your name, started Annalise. Oh, oh, my name. My name is Cloudy, said the dragon. And indeed... They were a gleaming white with hints of ice blue, much like a perfect fluffy dogland cloud. Go on, they said. Oh, oh, thank you, Cloudy. Um, we got up to a bit of mischief earlier this day, and we're feeling badly for it. Then all three culprits of the ringtail gang told Cloudy about their mischief, which seemed to delight Cloudy no end. And the dragon seemed to be taking notes when it came to the pranks, even if they needed to be told what bubble wrap is and why it is used. Talking it through actually made the gang feel more guilty and sad to have upset an entire village of dogs by doing what they thought was the custom of the village to do. Cloudy listened and said, Let me ponder this a while, but I think Pumpkin Jack is right, and I think we can help you set it right. First, come to Jack's forest frolic and dance. They all agreed this sounded amenable, as what other options lay before them at this point anyway? Lisa Ann, Annalise, and even the still very nervous Morty rode on Cloudy's back, heading towards a dazzlingly lit party and forest dance floor. When they reached the dance floor, it was lit with millions and millions of glowworms and an orchestra of 10,000 dog frogs hummed lively tunes in their throats 
the tiny bats flitted about and had their own aerial dance above the rest. Pumpkin Jack cupped a handful of glowworms and put them into his head. Then with his features all aglow, he cried out, Ready to dance! It was the liveliest frolic one could ever imagine. Every vegetable was singing the Halloween song in a different key, and they all had voices that sang out of tune by nature. Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene. Halloween, Halloween is the night when the magic scene. Trick or treat, smell my feet, and give me something good to eat. The vegetables just plunged onto the floor and began to jump around like mad. If they fell down, they did not jump up at once, but they rolled around on the floor most good-naturedly. The dragons swooshed their great wings and began a sort of wild dance while they chased each other around the edge of the circle. Lisa Ann danced hardest of all. She knew no more specific dance moves than any carrot or parsnip, but she boogied wildly, singing at the top of her voice. Hey, let's play Blind Dog's Bluff called Annalise. I'll be it and show you how to play. She tied a kerchief over her own eyes and the dragons went darting hither and thither. The vegetables were so pleased with this new game that they would play nothing else. They might have been playing it still had not a rooster dog from somewhere outside the forest howled a morning howl suddenly. Oh, good gracious me, cried Cloudy. The glowworms are all gone out. It's nearly morning out there. All who are going back to the vegetable patches had best be on their way. Not I, cried Pumpkin Jack. I'm done with vegetable patches and farmer's markets and towns forevermore. Not we, exclaimed some cabbages. We're going to turn savage and be wild cabbages for the rest of our days. Straight away, every vegetable began to raise its voice and declare it would not go back to anyone's garden patch or market stall. Come, come, come now, all of you, cried the cloud dragon. It was we dragons who enchanted you, and you can stay in the woods for the rest of your lives if you like. It's nothing to us. But what of Annalise, Lisa Ann, and the dogs of the village? Who is to make up for yesterday's mischief? Lisa Ann and Annalise looked around. Where was Morty? Well, replied Pumpkin Jack with a low bow, we thought that you might be good enough to give them a ride home on your back after the lot of you drop our Halloween gifts down the chimneys of the village dogs. But Jack, cried Annalise in dismay, you promised to make it up to me if I let Potato go, and I think you should all come back. None of us dogs will have any vegetables if you remain in the woods. Ah, uh, never worry about that, Annalise, replied Pumpkin Jack. Here are purses aplenty, and if you all take good care never to lose them, then every dog will have plenty of seeds of every kind forever. Isn't that true, my veggie friends? He stepped aside to reveal her own cart, filled to the brim with little bags of seeds and a giant pile of treats. Cloudy looked at the wagon and nodded approval. Ah, yes, I can enchant this to fly with us. Fly, said the kits, and just before they hopped astride Cloudy's back, a little radish rolled over and handed them a tiny silver ribbon and said, Your cousin asked me to give this to you. 
Lisa Ann held up the ribbon near Cloudy, who reflected the light of the early dawn, and she read, I'm sorry I had to go. I'm off to quest and find a way to smooth my fur back down. I will never forget my cousins and our ring-tailed gang. I'll find you again someday. Thank you for the best mischief of my life. Love, Morty. Wow, that's quite a long letter to fit on such a tiny ribbon, remarked Cloudy as they headed to the forest door. Cloudy flew with the swiftness of an eagle, and they warned the kits to hold on with a firm grasp. One by one, the stars went out as they sped across the sky. Together, they drifted over the town and dropped gifts of magic seeds and treats into each chimney of every home. Just as the dawn was breaking, Cloudy glided down to the twins' tiny den window. The dragon shook paws with them and advised them to be honest and humble and tell their parents what mischief they had done. And before they could eke out a thank you, the dragon was off like a whirlwind. Annalise helped Lisa Ann into her little bed, and they lay down to sleep a little while longer and dream of the wild Halloween frolic until such time as their parents might come to wake them up. Thank you for listening to our Halloween episode. Thank you, listeners. If you liked what you heard, you can see more content at our website, PowerDogAdventures, all one word, dot com. There you can sign up for our infrequently emailed newsletter and also submit any good dog jokes. And we'll be forever grateful if you feel like telling your friends about the show, too. If you are looking for more great shows, then please check out the other members of Kids Listen, a grassroots organization dedicated to high-quality audio for kids and families. There are well over 100 great shows to find there. Ask your grown-up to check out kidslisten.org to find out more. Special thanks to our creative partner, the inimitable Jason Rourke, who makes these stories sound extra good with his wise counsel, recording, sound design, and even original music. This podcast has been made possible in part by funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council in Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rack. It has been made even more possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support and extra big thanks to our Patreon patrons who get early access to all of our episodes ad-free, as well as goodies and merch and birthday shout-outs at any level of support. We are not joking even a little when we say we could not do this without you. The Adventures of Power Dog and Dogland is created in the ancestral lands of the Cowlitz, Multnomah, Cathlamet, Clackamas, Tumwater, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Wasco, Molala, Watlala, Bands of the Chinook, and other indigenous nations and tribes of the first people who made their homes along the rivers here in what is now called Portland, Oregon. Special thanks goes out to our granny, a.k.a. Jeannie Murphy, for playing along and recording our new Halloween song for us.